This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor of Top Crop Manager East, and I'm speaking today with Emma Dielman, graduate student at the University of Guelph. So to start things off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything about your interest in agriculture, undergrad studies, anything like that? Sure. So I grew up in Southern Ontario on a pig and cash crop farm. So I've grown up in the agriculture industry. And so always kind of knew that's where I wanted to be in my career. To do my undergrad, I went to the United States, to Northwest Iowa, where I took plant science and got kind of a bit of a different perspective on agriculture out there um, in the Midwest. It was a really great experience. I got to see a lot of new things and then kind of wanted to keep going with that. And so got started at my grad studies at the University of Guelph here about two years ago. Nice. And now what drew you to pursue your studies at the University of Guelph? So as I said, I went to school in the U.S., um, spent some time in Iowa, but kind of knew I always was going to be ready to come back home. So when I finished that undergrad Um, I was looking at some different master's program and University of Guelph was kind of top of the list there. And so I talked to a bunch of different professors around here and then ended up meeting up with Dave Hooker, who's my current advisor. And he was telling me about this project and his focus is in the agronomy and cropping systems research, which is really where I wanted to be. And so this program ended up being a really good fit to do that kind of work. Perfect. And your research is specifically focused on winter wheat planting dates. Am I correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay. So in your research, what winter wheat planting dates are you aiming for or using as part of your research and how did you select them? So for this research, we're looking at four planting dates and then we have two different sites. So these planting dates range from the middle of September to the middle of November approximately. And we selected them based on the Ontario Optimum Planting Date Map. And so this map was designed in the 1980s based on a bunch of planting date research done in the province, as well as some climate data. And that study found kind of a window for Ontario producers for when it would see their highest yielding wheat if they planted in that time period. And so we picked our dates based around that map and when producers are planting that. So we call our planting dates early, mid-early, mid-late, and late. And so our mid-early planting date falls within that optimum period that we're recommending for farmers right now. And then the early planting date a bit before, the mid-late a little bit after, and then the late planting date, fair but later in the season that would probably be recommended. So we're kind of looking to see if that map is still accurate and how our different planting dates kind of compare to that work. It makes sense. That's a 30-year-old map, 40-year-old map. Yeah, so it has been updated with new climate data. But it's been a long time since we've had the planting date study to go along with that climate data. So, Now, what effect do you hypothesize planting date to have on the winter wheat crop? We're expecting to see higher yields at our earlier planting dates. And that's kind of what producers see in the fields right now. But what we really need to do is quantify that and have an experiment that shows evidence that that's what's happening. And then we're also really looking to see how planting it affects the growth of the crop. So we're taking a lot of growth measurements and looking at some of the physiology and seeing how planting date affects other pieces, not just the yield. All right. 
Now, what have you observed so far in your planting date trials? So our first study happened last year, so in 2021. So that year we did see higher yields at our earlier planting dates. In both of our locations, actually the mid-early planting date was the highest yielding, and then really closely followed by the early planting date, then the mid-late and the late planting date were the last. And then we also saw some kind of interesting effects on how the yield was made up. So we looked at some of the yield components, and what we saw was that in our later planting dates, we actually had heavier kernels, but in the earlier planting dates, we had a lot more grains per meter squared. So there were more tillers, more spikes in an area. And so the higher yields at those earlier planting dates really suggest how important it is that early establishment and the high number of plants in an area that really contributes a lot more to the final yield than just like kernel weight and things like that. You mentioned that you were looking at conventional and intensive management in terms of how that was also affected by planting date. Could you go into that a little bit? Yeah. So we're looking at two different management strategies as well as our different planting dates. So we're calling those a standard and intensive management. So our standard management is what we're seeing producers around here using on their wheat crop on average. So we're applying some early nitrogen as well as a fungicide at heading time to protect against fusarium. So that's kind of our standard management. And then our intensive management is really looking to maximize the yields and make sure that there's nothing going to be limiting any crop growth in terms of agronomic management. So that treatment, we're looking at higher nitrogen rates, and we're also split applying the nitrogen. So it'll go on at a couple different timings throughout the early growing season of the wheat. And then we're also applying two different fungicides, a foliar fungicide as well as fungicide at heading. And then we're also going to be using a plant growth regulator to see if that can offset some of the high nitrogen rates that we're going to be using and see how that can affect the final yield. This episode is sponsored by AgDirect Hail Insurance. There's no way to undo hail after it happens. That's why AgDirect Hail Insurance is committed to providing prairie farmers with better rates, superior customer service, and more effective policies that keep you covered before disaster strikes. Don't wait until after it's too late. Start protecting your investment today with industry-leading coverage from agdirecthail.com. Another part of your study involves looking at soybeans and getting those out of the field with a harvest aid desiccant. What conditions would you anticipate growers using that desiccant? So the soybean desiccant piece is really tied really closely to that winter wheat planting date trial. And like we're kind of hypothesizing, we want to see earlier planting of wheat for those higher yields. So we're testing the use of a desiccant to advance the harvest maturity of these soybeans. So if we spray a desiccant early enough in the soybean season, they can mature a little bit faster without losing any of their yield, and then we'll be able to plant the winter wheat earlier. Can you tell us which desiccants you're testing at the moment? Yeah, sure. So we're looking at three different desiccant products, saflufenicil, diquat, and borax. So the saflufenicil and diquat are pretty commonly used desiccants in Ontario. Um, they're used in a lot of different production systems, and they're kind of like a standard measurement. They're pretty safe to use. You're not worried too much about residue, and they've been shown to be pretty effective on other crops. And then we're also looking at borax as kind of an alternative to the traditional uh, herbicides. And so there has been some research in the 70s that showed that borax was effective on turf grass systems. So it could kill weeds within a grass system. 
And so some of that work is kind of interesting and we thought it'd be a good alternative to have a look at and see how it does in a soybean production system. It's a new one, not too common, but worth a shot anyways. Yeah, you won't know if you don't test it. Absolutely. So did the soybean varieties you're using in your trials come from a specific maturity group or were they selected due to their popularity with Ontario farmers? So we're looking at the soybeans specifically for their maturity groups. What we see a lot in Ontario is that wheat producers have to grow an earlier maturing soybean so that they're able to harvest that soybean on time and get their wheat planted early enough in the season. But with those earlier maturing soybeans, there's often a yield penalty. So we're seeing higher yields in our longer maturing soybeans. And so we're testing two earlier maturing soybeans as well as two late maturing soybeans for these desiccant applications to really see if we're able to advance that harvest maturity enough in those late maturing soybeans to have the same planting timing for the winter wheat and get that earlier wheat timing. So we're really focused on the maturity groups for these soybeans. Excellent and very useful. Yeah, if we can maximize the yields in the soybeans as well as the wheat, that's going to be better for everyone. Yeah. What have you observed so far in the desiccant trials? So for our desiccant trial, we conducted it in 2020 and 2021 already. So we have about two years of data. In 2020, we saw really minimal effects. We had a really cold fall. And so I'm thinking that probably limited some of the effects. We also had some frost hit the beans before they were harvest ready. So we didn't really see too much advance in harvest maturity from the desiccant application. But in 2021, we actually had some really good results. And what we saw was that the diquat applied advanced harvest maturity by about 10 days compared to the untreated plots. And then the safflucinacil advanced it by about six. So that showed some really promising results because during the fall, like 10 days is a long time and gives you a much bigger window for getting that wheat planted. So that year's results are really promising. So we're conducting the study again in 2022. So it'll be really interesting to compare those results and see what we look at. We also saw some of the similar yield trends that we've been seeing in other variety trials across the province. In our later maturing cultivars, we had those higher yields. So the fact that we were able to get them to mature a little bit faster with the desk and application was really promising. So I imagine you're currently observing a winter wheat crop that's coming up. Can you say anything about that so far? I know it's been kind of an odd spring. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we're in our second year of our winter wheat planting day trial. And it's definitely been a lot different than last year. We had a really good season for wheat last year. And so it was, wasn't too hard to get it in the fall and it grew really well all spring. We had really high yields. Everything was great. And this year has been kind of a different story. We had a tough fall, like all the farmers around Ontario, it was hard to get our wheat planted at our target planting dates. So some of them went in a little bit wetter, didn't quite have the conditions that we wanted to see. But everything came through the winter okay. It came out of things not too bad. And so we're right in the middle of taking some of our measurements and looking at a lot of the growth pieces that we're wanting to study. We're expecting this year to see a lot more treatment differences. So last year, we had some big differences between our planting dates, but we didn't see any yield differences between our intensive and standard management treatments. So this year, the wheat crop's a little bit different. It didn't come out of the winter quite as well. It's a little bit tougher than we saw last year. So 
I'm expecting, we're already seeing some differences in terms of the early fertilizer applications, just in terms of the color of the wheat and the growth. So I'm expecting to see a bit more of those differences in our results next year. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.